Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. All right, everybody, welcome to This Podcast is Haunted. This is Kate. Unfortunately, I do not have the uh, beautiful Jen by my side today. She is unavailable. But we're joined with a special guest, a friend of the family. This is Mike Brody. Uh, Mike Brody is a comic. He started comedy in the year 2000, got in on a whim, which is pretty fucking ballsy. Uh, And he's since devoted his life to perfecting the delivery of his high energy act. Um, He spent the last 19 years touring the U.S. and internationally. He's been featured in a bunch of places, including The Bob and Tom Show, The Dan Patrick Show. And he's got a couple great albums out there, um, both recorded with Rooftop Comedy, Sell Me a Bridge, and That's Not What I Meant. But my favorite thing that he's produced is actually his 2019 dry bar comedy special, Not Afraid of Butterflies. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I am so glad you could be here. Now, everything that we just described sounds like you're a pretty typical comic. (laughs) And this is a paranormal podcast. So why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, I am here. My affiliation with the paranormal is that for, I don't know exactly, close to 10 years, I was uh, affiliated with, uh, you know, the, the ghost hunters, you know, like their their conventions. And then I'm sorry, the ghost hunters, ghost hunters like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I would do. Um, and I got in through Amy Bruni and, uh, you know, they would have their conventions all over the country. And uh, I would do jokes about ghosts and I would host the events and then I would, you know, help lead people on ghost tours. And then, you know, then Amy branched off into her own conventions and I did those for a while, too. And so, yeah, that, that is fantastic. Um, so our opening question, would you consider yourself a skeptic or a believer? <laughs> both. Uh, both. I think that when I see something, like somebody presents something or whatever, I think I look at it that it's not true first. I think that's what, you know, I have a journalist background. I think that's what my first thing is to is to go, okay, how is this not true? And then you disqualify all those ways until there's nothing left and then you know, then you go, okay, I believe in this. And it, I've, I've been in enough places and seen enough things where there's stuff that I can't explain. So I do believe in it. Uh, I just try to be very discerning about it because, because I have been that person who's gone haywire over something that was very easily explainable before that I felt stupid. Isn't you know? that the worst when you have that yeah. egg on your face? Yeah. Yeah. So I've learned to be like, okay, but there's the stuff that's happened in my life where I couldn't prove it. And it was never recorded, but I just know what happened, you know, and it's more of a personal thing. Absolutely. You know, and if I try to explain to somebody, they're like, it sounds nuts. <laughs> I I love moments like that. Uh, just as somebody who talks to other people about the paranormal all the time, it's those stories that I find the most compelling when they're like, listen, this is my personal experience. There's no other explanation that I could discern. I, I find that that's definitely what makes my the, the hair on my arms raise right. up. Right, right. Um, so... We actually have met before. Uh, We're friends through my Aunt Becky and my Uncle Ken. Uh, Beck actually just started her own podcast. It's called Parental Misguided with Beck and Sarah. Uh, Guys, shameless family plug. Please check that out. Uh, And then I think you and I became Facebook friends right around the time you started shaving your head. (laughs) So it's been a minute. Um, In that time, I feel like I've gotten to know you, which is really, uh, it's been kind of fun uh, to actually have more professional experience with you now. If I were to describe you to people, you know, everybody's doing these silly Facebook uh, get to know you things. 
Yeah. One of them is, what would you put in a pentagram to call me into a circle? And your thing would definitely be Timberwolves basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Anybody's opinions about music. Whatever those opinions are, you want to hear them and know them. Right, right. Dogs. Uh, yeah, although the basketball is not looking very good right now. No, it's not, is it? I'm sorry about your sports. It's okay. It'll be okay. Um, dogs, you have three of them. They're all wiener mixes. Uh, yep. Daisy, Frosty Moe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, things about the paranormal and then young comics. And actually, that's probably my favorite thing about you is you really nurture young comics. Um, even on your, I was digging through your webpage today, and you have links to Twin Cities stand-ups that, you know, for other people who want to get in, here's how to do yeah. it. Here's how to get started. And I think that's very cool. Um, yeah. So again, everybody, please check out his dry bar comedy special. Um, you can download the app using the link that we're going to post on the page. But for Ooh. Mike, do you want to tell us exactly what that app, what that uh, address is? It's uh, drybarcomedy.com. Uh, so D-R-Y-B-A-R-C-O-M-E-D-Y.com. And then it's slash M as in Mike. So M Brody. M-B-R-O-D-Y. And then that, when you do that, it, it takes you to an app that you download. And it's super easy and it's free and it's not, it's not spammy or anything. It's like not. I actually downloaded it during lunch. It was fantastic. Yeah, right. And then uh, you get to watch my special for free. And then I get money for that, which is great because there's no comedy during a pandemic. So please and thank you. And um, and then you can watch other. There's 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 dozens and dozens of other comics on there, too. That's really, that's, and so if you're not familiar with Dry Bar Comedy, guys, I have to recommend them really highly. They're actually, it's clean comedy, which for those of you who are familiar with the show would not think I'd be into. But the comics that they choose are very compelling. Uh, Shane Smith jumps to mind. Uh, he's white boy covered in tattoos, and he tells great stories. Uh, and that's how I found out about Drybar. Uh, they are based in Utah, which, as you all know, is a special thing for my heart. Uh, Mormons crack me up. And so uh, and just check it out, guys. It's well worth your time. Yeah, because I, I'm not, uh, you know... I can do. I'm a. I'm. A, I'm. I'm a mostly. I swear sometimes, but I'm mostly clean comic. But I look at it as like you know, you do what the situation calls for. So uh, when they were like, you have to be Disney clean for this, and then I just did it. You know, so it's yeah. not like I'm. You know, I'm not like you know uh, trying to think of some you know Walt Disney kind of stuff. But on that special, I am. Right. Absolutely. I think there are some comics um, who are kind of exclusively clean because that's who they are as people. Jim Gaffigan jumps to mind. Um, sure. Uh, who's the younger guy who's like weirdly religious, but I still like him. He did that show on HBO, Crashing. Oh, I can't. I know who you're talking about. That By guy, the way, though. I've seen Jim Gaffigan swear on stage before. Oh, my God. I was in L.A. in 2000. He went up and I heard him swear. I was like, oh. Was it yeah. a real swear word or did he say like. Yeah. Yeah. He said, can I swear on this? Yes, of course, please. All the time. He said, he, he said I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh yeah. That actually makes my heart really happy. I like, I, I really love Jim Gaffigan, and I also really love the swear words. And so putting those together is really fun for me. Yeah. It, it was like an open mic, and I think it was 2000. He was he was actually pretty famous by then anyway, but I think maybe he hadn't like gone clean, clean, clean. Sure. I think he was. I don't know. I think he just figured there was like 20 people there, and who cares? <laughs> Right. I, I He didn't really hit Michigan, or at least my, in, I mean, in 2000, I was like... 12. So, uh, but when I became aware of him was in high school and by then he was definitely cleaning up. I think his, the first special I was aware of him was beyond the pale. Yeah. He's really fucking funny. I love that guy, but yeah, feel free to swear on the show. 
go crazy. Uh, we're big on the dick jokes here and like nice. anything. We're not like real adults, so it's fine. Right, right, right. All right. So you got into paranormal comedy and usually that starts, Jen and I have investigated this for a while. When people are interested in the paranormal, it's like a lifelong obsession. Did you start hunting and being interested in the paranormal when you were a kid? I was always, I mean, when I was a kid, there was paranormal ghost hunting, but it was almost like underground you know, it wasn't big yet. I don't know. I don't remember when ghost hunters weren't the first, they're like Nirvana. They weren't the first, but they were the one that made it huge, yes. you know? Um, but I was always, I remember seeing like uh, the exorcist when I was a kid and being like fascinated, slash terrified, absolutely terrified. I think what, you know, I really, I'd, I've always been curious about the afterlife. I've always been curious about spiritual things. And so uh, the show ghost hunters came out and it was my favorite show then also I wanted to know like is there such a thing as God you know and I think the first thing to start out for me was like if there's ghosts there's an afterlife if there's an afterlife maybe there's a God so it was like kind of a philosophical thing for me so I've always had those questions I think that's fantastic um it's certainly something that drove us as well um kind of seeking out those experiences and then you know bored kids in the midwest we all have cars and nothing to do so we would go out and ghost hunt uh at night during the summer and those are some of my favorite childhood memories well childhood i was old, almost old enough to drink um <laughs> but you know yeah. uh so you consider yourself kind of a skeptic kind of a believer you talked about cases where you got really excited and then there was it turned out that it was uh there was nothing to it what's your biggest bogus case oh I don't know if I have one that I can like, luckily I don't have any uh, situations where I put something online. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stake my reputation on this. And then it just all falls apart. I think for me, there was, I mean, I think it was just like everybody else where you learn like, okay, orbs, take it with a grain of salt, you know, um, certain, um, the obelisk box, you know, um, I'm very, I'm very cautious about making myself look stupid. So I've always been really careful. Like I'll, I'll have something happen and then I'll show it to somebody that I really trust and then go for it. And so that's kind of <laughs> helped me from having any kind of like public embarrassments on that thing. I can't think of any because I, I I'm just super cautious because I got made fun of a lot as a kid. So I try to avoid it. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, actually a very wise position to be in. Just like have these people in your life. Can you look at this? Do you think I'm a psycho? I think that's a good system. Well, that's the the the, the beauty of it is is that I was friends with you know I'm friends with like Amy Bruni and Britt Griffith and Jason Haas and those people. I I literally first I had to apologize like it's like you know it's like asking a comedian to tell you a joke right you know <laughs> like like hey I know you're off the clock but can you look at this paranormal stuff for me yes and. Uh, but they would. And the, the thing is, they would be like, oh, that's a that's a June bug. Like they would know exactly what it was. Just helpful. because they've studied it so far. Oh, yeah. Also, like acting a doc, asking a doctor, hey, can you look at this mole? Like, right. Right. It's just right, one of those exactly. things. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so what what about compelling evidence? Has there ever been something in your experiences or in the experiences of others that you just can't explain? Well, again, it's like uh, it's a lot of personal stuff for me. Uh, I do have some EVPs from when I was in Alcatraz that, you know, we're in a room uh, that they would take people in. Like if people were freaking out or pretending to freak out, either one, they would throw them in this room. It was like almost like a straight jacket room. Yes. And I was in there recording and uh, they got some voices saying like, ouch, ouch, stop it, stop it. And, you know, like, like, cause they would get needles, you know, like Thorazine, you know, yes. shoot them up with sedatives. Uh, but, but again, for me, you know, I play that. To me, it's like good evidence because I, I was there. I know how many people were there. I knew how far away from land we were, all this stuff. But somebody else could be like, oh, 
how it, it, it's hard to be irrefutable because they can go, oh, you could have faked that. That could have been a radio thing, but I know it wasn't. Same night, I followed a guy down the hallway. He walked into a room and I was going to ask him if I could record with him. Because um, And then I walked in, there was nobody in there. Shut you know, the like fuck I followed up. A guy down, yeah, I followed a guy down the hallway for a while. <laughs> and there's nobody in there. <sighs> and uh, yeah, Alcatraz was a lot of stuff. There was uh, Mark and Debbie Constantino who were, you know, uh, they were, uh, they had, um, they were experts at EVPs and they, they would play them back and it would be like, Hey, fuck you. Like just clear as day. Terrifying. But, but again, I can't, I, I can, I can convince people that know me and know that I'm not full of shit, but if I put it out online, you know, I think that goes for anybody. There is a, right. there's a kernel of faith that has to come in at some point. Cause, cause if somebody had the grand slam proof, there would be front page news in USA today. Absolutely. Um, So when you do these ghost hunts, can you tell us about your methodology? How do you start? What sort of products do you bring? Um, The the good thing about having all these friends is like they, maybe I'm a cheapskate, they have all the equipment. Uh, (laughs) I've had, you know, headlamps, you know, obviously handheld uh, flashlights, just a standard uh, audio recorder, um, different various levels of like the ovalis or like the, the box, you know, that has a million different names and different, you know, you know, what I'm talking about where it cycles through and a word pops out. Yes. Um, I've always been very skeptical about those personally. Yeah. I feel like those things don't work until they do, if that makes any sense. Sure. When they do, you're like, whoa, holy shit. Um, yeah. Never a Ouija board. <laughs> Never. Um, uh, let me see what else. Oh, the flashlights thing. There's another thing that's a little on the fence, you know, where you unscrew the flashlight and then the lights go on and off. I think that, again, it's one of those things where you go, okay, it's just mathematics, but every once in a while, some crazy shit will happen with it where you're like, okay, well, this is not normal. My favorite thing to do was just to almost go around with the least amount of stuff that you could have, you know. Um, I had a, a friend who was is a demonologist. Uh, his name's Adam, and he... Uh, you know, uh, we would go around and kind of just vibe it. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I absolutely, I, so at the risk of sounding like such a fruitcake, I actually am fairly sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you do get those. And again, like here I am, I'm like walking myself backwards and saying like, oh, okay. Because I'm also trying to cover my ass here and not right. get, right. get shot down on the internet. But yeah, there's, there is, you get feelings, right, you know, right, right. you walk into a space and you're like, fuck this. I want out. Yeah. 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 And I don't think that, um, I mean, I think everybody is just a certain extent more some than others, you know, like everybody can play basketball, but not all great, you know, or right. whatever. Um, I started paying attention when I was around all these people, some were psychic, some weren't. Uh, and I just started paying attention to how I feel during all of it. And then I started to get better where I started to feel like, I don't know if sensitive is the right word, but like I can tell when stuff was there, you know, just kind Absolutely. of from training. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that is, somebody explained it to me that you like open yourself up to the experience and you're kind of like sending right. out an energy that you're open. And I think right. that makes sense. Um, so besides working with the ghost hunters and being at Alcatraz, what would you say is the most famous place that you have hunted? Uh, the Stanley Hotel. In Estes Park. That's fantastic. Uh, that was our last episode. So please tell us some stories oh, from nice. that. Oh, yeah. I've been there dozens of times. I don't, I don't know the exact number. That place is creepy. <laughs> 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 you know, it's literally where The Shining was based on. Um, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of dark energy stuff there. And uh, uh, I was down in the basement. And, and 
suddenly heard what sounded like a 75 pound metal chair slam against the wall, but nothing was there. Um, You know, a lot of uh, EVPs and stuff like that, but it was always kind of like a deceptive feeling there. Like it was hiding something or pretending to be something. It's not like it was pretending kind of like the movie where it's a little girl, but it's, you know, it's not. Yeah. And then there's, it's always the house feels like there's always the house and then there's the side house. And no matter where you are, it's always the side house. That's weird. You know, Yeah. that's just a little weirder or a little creepier. And so there's a little side part to the Stanley and uh, that one was creepy too. And yeah, it definitely uh, didn't sleep very well. (laughs) (laughs) I know they had some of the stories there were about men, especially getting kicked awake. Uh, somebody was like kicking the end of their bed and like moving their stuff out the door. Uh, yeah, have, yeah. have you had any gendered experiences like that where women or men seem more susceptible or? Mm, no, not like that. I mean, I've had in Mount Washington in um, Brenton Woods, uh, that big giant hotel. It's like the Stanley, but twice as big oh wow i'm yeah. totally unfamiliar oh uh, there's been some episodes a lot of a lot of the ghost shows have been there okay um yeah it's one of those like white red roof kind sure. of hotels from the 18 1900s um yeah i've had some where i was sleeping and i could just feel something running up to my face and screaming and going back into the bathroom and back and forth and, Fuck that. Uh, yeah one of my psychic friends you know was like oh it's a you know something that's been here so long it it, it doesn't really it's not really anything anymore. It's just like a, like literally a shade, you know, kind of. Yes. And then he got rid of it and it was gone. I slept like a baby. So that was creepy. That was when I was kind of in touch, you know, I was like, like, okay, this is cool. I'm in touch with stuff, but now I can tell that something's screaming in my face. Yeah. That's, (laughs) there is a certain level of in touch that you just don't want. Um, For example, uh, I I used to do tarot quite frequently uh, until Lorraine Warren, I was getting her autograph when she spoke at my university and she just picked up my paper and she said, stop playing with those cards, little girl, you're drawing attention to yourself. And like, she didn't see my deck, nothing. I swear to God, I didn't touch that deck for another year, year and a half. Oh, wow. Because you do, you 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 have to be cautious about what you bring into the world. Right, right, right. Ugh. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really, I'm very impressed by Lorraine Warren, less so by Ed now, but uh, still. If you were to pick a location to do a long extended hunt, Someplace that maybe you've been already or someplace that you dream of going, like the White House. Where is it do you think that you'd want to go? Well, I've always wanted to go to Gettysburg. Yes. Uh, for multiple reasons. The the history and, you know, you hear all this stuff. Uh, that seems pretty crazy. I've never been there. Uh, but one that I've been to before that I've only been to once that I'd like to do again is the Otisaga Hotel in Cooperstown, New York. Which yeah. is uh, the, town, the town where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. And, yeah. Uh, uh, my co-host Jen actually just graduated from Coopersville SUNY. Uh, she is, she was in their master's program there. So what a perfect segue. Go ahead. Right. right, right. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of energy there and a lot of, uh, you know, um, how do I put it? I, I have to, you know, you always feel crazy saying these things, but I got to remember I'm on a, this podcast is haunted. So I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> About 3000 people who, who agree with what you're saying for the most right, part. Right. For the most part, um, there was a lot of energy and a lot of ghosts there. And uh, one of my friends that's sensitive uh, said that they thought that they were all being held there by something malevolent. Uh, And so they did some stuff to get rid of it and everything flooded through. And it was like helping uh, like 19 of them pass on. And then it came back angry. And actually, my friend got three scratches down his back. And uh, at one point, uh, they had um, 
one of my friends used to have this machine that you could hear. It was like EVPs in real time and uh, you could hear it. And uh, they asked if it basically asked if it was good or bad. They, they say um, long. Yes. Wait, short. Yes. Or long. No, no, they go uh, long. Yes. Or short. No. And it did it the opposite on purpose where it went. No, like that. And, uh, and then he got the scratches down his back and we kind of had to, and then a piece of plywood ripped off the wall and it got flung. Uh, so yeah, it was, and then, and then we were, we had to go. <laughs> so it was like, I'd like to go back and see what the hell was happening there. Yeah. Um, and there's also coincidentally enough, static electricity everywhere that there's most everywhere you go, you touch somebody, you get shocked. And so really? isn't that area very damp? Like it's considered like a kind of mountainy damp area, right? I don't know. I don't know, but it, it'd be interesting to know if there's any kind of connection between that or which came first, the carriage or the horse, you know? Absolutely. Would you ever consider hunting internationally? Oh yeah, that would that would be cool. I mean, I always wondered how that works. Uh, if you're in Italy, you know, you only hear stuff in Italian. Yes. You know, I don't I don't know how that works. Uh, Do you just yeah, have to bone I mean, up on Duolingo before you go there. Right, right, right. I mean, I love traveling anyway, but yeah, of course, yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I there are very few places in this world that uh, I wouldn't want to see their ghosts. Like, right, yes, right, show right. me your weirdest shit, please. Right. Um, is there anything in the paranormal field that you're annoyed by? Uh, things that, for example, I get very irritated with like things that read to me as obvious frauds. Yeah. Is there anything that jumps out at you as something like, fuck this? I'm, I'm a little like over seeing another ghost hunting group that all looks like sons of anarchy, you know, like the fashion. Yes. <laughs> you know, is it weird that I do know exactly what you mean? <laughs> right. Right. It's like, oh, look at everybody. So look at these, look at this posse over here. Like, it's like, okay, come on. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of affliction shirts, but, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, there's people that, you know, maybe they're doing it for the attention. Maybe they're doing it for the fame, but I mean, maybe there's people that are doing it for fame and for the ghost. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like everybody looking like they just got back from a cure concert, you know, and all grumpy looking. <gasps> all right. You know, we get you it. Wear, You're you, can, you can wear, you can wear pink and be a ghost hunter. I'm just saying. It's true. But that's very true. All right. So let's see. Did we talk about, I'm trying to like be professional and not just be like, so tell me everything about your life. Uh, but You're feel good. free, you know, if you have anything that, you know, any particular stories that jump out at you as something that you'd love to share with people on a small platform. Sure. Well, when, when I went to Alcatraz, they gave us a tour during the day, which was with all the people that paid to go to Alcatraz. And then we had it, there was like 30 of us that got to go at night and spend the night there by ourselves. Like the security guards left. We had Alcatraz all to ourselves. And, uh, but it was funny during the day tour, the guy showed us, he pointed up to the wall and he goes, that's where Billy Idol scratched his name in 1985. And he was still, he was, fuck Billy, he was still pissed. (laughs) <laughs> for a music video that Billy Idol did. Um, but then at night, they just basically go, okay, you're on your own. And, you know, there was 30 of us, but Alcatraz is big. And if you wanted off on your own, you could be in Alcatraz at night by yourself. So at one point I was walking down the hallway. Uh, have you ever heard of Escape from Alcatraz? The, based the on a real story, but it's a movie. Yeah, it's a Clay yeah. Eastwood movie, but it's based on a real story of when people, two, I think three guys escaped from Alcatraz. through They dug a hole. I'm pretty sure Shawshank is loosely based on that as okay. well. You know, uh, it's like the OG prison escape movie. Sure. Anyway, I was walking by the real place by myself down a huge corridor in Alcatraz. And then at three in the morning, it started thundering and lightning. 
and like the lights were bouncing off the walls in a thunderstorm and it like very rarely rains or thunderstorms in San Francisco. So it was like one of those moments where I'm like, holy shit, like <laughs> really in a moment. And then I went and I, uh, after all, then all, all of a sudden at three, everything started to go crazy. And then after that, I went and I slept in a cell. I went and got in a cot and slept for an hour just to say that I did in a cell by myself in Alcatraz. You're a better man <laughs> than me. There's absolutely no way. Also, those cots have to be like 80 years old and you put your body in it? it they, the sad thing was, this is back when I was single and living in an apartment. It was actually more comfortable than the bed I had at the moment. Oh, God. <laughs> they weren't comfortable. So <laughs> that was where I was at in my life. That's I'm much very better bleak. now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, things in your life do seem to be pretty good. Um, which actually brings me back to your, I, I really love your dogs, especially mm -hmm. Mo, who is, uh, he's deaf and he always has to be in contact with somebody, right? Oh, you're thinking of Frosty. That's Frosty. Oh, I am. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Mo is the new one, right? He's brown? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Forgive me. Um, so <laughs> do you rely on the senses of your animals when you're possibly experiencing something paranormal? I've never really had anything happen in my house. Mm -hmm. um, so I, they, and which I'm glad my house is like 1906, which for Minnesota is old, yeah. you know, maybe not for the East coast or anything like that. Uh, but you know, it's an old, it's an old house, but nothing has happened here. And I'm kind of glad because I don't really want to take that home with me. Agreed. I don't, I, I don't want to have issues like, Oh, it's acted up again or something's looking me in the face. I don't. So maybe if there was, you know, I don't, I don't know. So we haven't had anything here yet. And my dogs, you know, when they're outside, my dogs aren't like, they're like, no, they're looking for squirrels, like squirrel, squirrel. You know? <laughs> so if there was, if there was ghost squirrels, my, my dogs would find them. But, uh, and I've never, I'm, ter I don't, I'm afraid to bring my dogs on like an airplane. Cause I don't want them to have to go down in the hull, you know? Yeah. So I've never brought them to like Stanley hotel or anything like that. Cause I, I would, I would be afraid for their safety, but that would be, that would be interesting. I think that, uh, it, I think but my dogs are more concerned with food and squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always... yeah, there, there has been time. I mean, I guess there has been a time when my dog went like, like growled for no reason. What's what going you, on there? But, what are you looking at, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm purposely putting a blind eye to it in my house. Because like I said, I don't, I, I want to turn that switch off when I'm here. I know I completely under, when Dan and I were house hunting a couple years ago and this is um, our house, but it's like a, a barn outside of the normal house. But <laughs> I specifically was house hunting, like kind of opening myself up to those experiences. Like if I feel something here, I'm not buying this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I just, no, yeah. I don't need that shit. I don't need that shit. I'm not on the clock. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's some houses that you've been going for a walk and you look at them and you're like, Ooh. yeah, stay the fuck out of that place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so in the Minneapolis area, which is where you're based, mm -hmm. uh, would you say that ghost hunting is popular, less popular? Is it a good area, kind of rich in history or? I think that it depends on where you go. You know, I think that, um, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, in my personal opinion, I think St. Paul's better because St. Paul's older. It's closer to the river, you know, and back then, you know, river towns would be more developed, you know, early on in the 1800s because people could export stuff. Right. But also Minneapolis is like out of the two, Minneapolis is more cosmopolitan. They'll tear a building down and put a new one up. Whereas St. Paul is more old and like history. Like I, I always joke, it's like where you go to look for a ghost, you know, and it's true though. So, and you know, they have like a more of a mob history, prohibition, that kind of stuff. So really? that, you know, yeah. And there's like caves you can go into. So St. Paul, I would say, you know, and like, yeah, one of my favorite ghost hunting places was a suburb of St. Paul out there, like a haunted monastery. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard me talk about this. There was a, when I first started doing the ghost hunting, I decided to do one on my own as a novice. 
because I didn't want to be the rookie with everybody else when I was going to do the ghost hunting stuff. So I looked it up online. It was like a GeoCities era website, you know, and uh, <laughs> it said that every night at midnight, there's, there's a monastery and at midnight, a ghost monk runs across the road and people will be driving their cars and then they'll, they'll hit the brakes and they'll, they'll go right through it like smoke and he's gone. And I'm like, oh. and, uh, and I'm like, I didn't do it because I'm chicken shit because just my luck. The one night a real monk runs across the road, you know, they're like, <laughs> There he is. Get him. Like, like oh, <laughs> I don't know much about ghosts, but that, that one seemed kind of solid. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of gush. Uh, is yeah. this ectoplasm? Because it looks like blood. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. St. Paul, St. Paul is, in my personal opinion, it's, you know, old houses, big trees. You know, it's more Minneapolis is where you want to go to dance club <laughs> yeah that actually makes perfect sense now i've only Although been say first avenue is haunted have you ever seen purple rain the prince movie you're gonna be so mad i haven't <laughs> and also i don't like prince we can end <sighs> this i'm sorry i know this interview's over <laughs> i i'm so sorry <laughs> no, 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 that's right. no in the movie there's a club called first avenue which is still there and uh he owned it at one point but oh. now it's supposed to be haunted like crazy haunted but a lot of theaters music haunted by are. prince you know, that's funny. Nobody brought that up. It's possible. I've been trying. Uh, Prince died around the same time as David Bowie, who was the love of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always kind of wondered, like, is there a David Bowie ghost out there? So in the same respect, I wonder if we could ever make touch, make touch. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> uh, if we could ever make contact with uh, with Prince or any of those other idols more recently deceased. I don't know. He was a prince was a Jehovah's Witness. I don't know. I think they had weird stuff about that. So he, I don't know. You know, honestly, that's kind of one of my problems with Prince mm. is that like he was so hypersexualized, but it was only okay for him. Anyway, he, 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 he I, in my personal opinion, I think he like he. Well, I think in the late '90s he became a Jehovah's Witness. So oh. anything before then, he was Seventh Day Adventist, who apparently are cooler with it i don't know <laughs> they are we actually have uh michigan's rich in seventh day adventists who knew yeah so um prince purple rain minnesota you have played the uh gilda's comedy fest here in grand rapids a couple times uh yeah. have you ever had the opportunity to do any ghost hunting in the mitten state um did i uh no actually well ironically once i was doing a gig in the up at a casino and all the people from Ghost Hunters were there doing a convention just randomly in the same hotel that no I was way. at. Did you know yeah. them at that point in time? Or Yeah, yeah, I knew them pretty well. It was like, because I was doing the bigger ones and they were like, this is like a smaller one. Sure. And so I got to hang out with them. Um, the Was it the kid from Amity, I could never pronounce it, Amityville Horror. Yes. The little kid from that was there. Now he's, he's older. Sure. He's like 55 or something now. Damn that time but, space uh, continuum. Yeah, 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 and uh, John Zaffis was there. Who I that's I met him that day. That was fun. But then uh, when I was doing um, at the Laugh Fest, I was doing uh, Dr. Grins. Yes. And uh, they have a room right behind. Like it's hard to explain if you if you haven't been there for anybody listening. But there's a there's a room behind the wall, and that place was haunted as hell. You can just tell. And I asked people, like, oh, there's a ghost in here." And they're like, "Yeah," and, but I didn't get to. You know, I was doing comedy, so I didn't have time. Right, right. The but. the Laugh Fest stuff, they, they move you through pretty quick. Uh, for those of you yeah. who don't know, Grand Rapids is home to an international comedy festival called Gilda's Laugh Fest. You should check it out and also come to town and see me and Jen. Um, all right, so... Oh, I did. Uh, I forgot to say, I went to the um, Lizzie Borden house in no. Massachusetts. How was that? 
that was cool. That was crazy. You got some weird feelings in there. And you went down in the basement, got really wheezy, like kind of gross feeling. Uh-huh. And you could still, they have a black light. You could still see the blood on the ceiling because you go below where the couch was. You could still, it doesn't look like red blood, but when you do a black light, you could see the. Like where like the, the blood was. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's then, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And it, for a while, if you Google a picture, image me, uh, there's a headshot of me on a couch. I don't know if it's still up there, but uh, th- that was, I took that on like Lizzie Borden couch. Uh, it's a replica, but right. it was right there, you know? And then as we were leaving, this person that I was with was like, oh, there's somebody in the window looking at, at us and there was nobody in there. So it was definitely had a really creepy, and then and then we went to Salem, which wasn't that far away. Right. Uh, and that was interesting because they were so anti-witch that they, thereby, they killed the witches and then made themselves associated with witches for the rest of eternity. The know, irony like is very thick. Backfire. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it, so, there's, there's a witch house, but it's it's not the witch house. It's actually the judge's house that killed all the witches. It's the literal right. opposite of the witch house, but that's what they call it. <laughs> I, well, I think they had we we covered the Salem we covered Salem once, and I feel like mm-hmm. the witch house is just like actually where they were just holding people before Probably. they killed them, which is so deeply messed up. But yeah, yeah it's Salem, very touristy trappy now. Like it's like a lot of you know little stores and little brooms and stuff. Right, <laughs> but, yeah, it's fun. Absolutely. The um, as far as like tourist trappy places that that have always this one surprised me. Um, a couple of years ago, we went to uh, Washington D.C. and we were walking around looking for dinner, and they had all this Abraham Lincoln stuff. And I turned around, and it was like so, it's like all these little shops about Abraham Lincoln. I was like, oh, cool, how nice. I turn around, there's a huge Hard Rock Hotel. Uh, restaurant. And I'm like, oh, good, we can grab some dinner. And then I look and I'm like, oh my God, it's connected to Ford's Theater. Mm, it's just like wow. they built into Ford's Theater and put a hard rock cafe right there. Like and you, I, can walk, you can walk from one to the other inside? Uh, I don't believe it's connected, connected, but they certainly oh. shared a wall. And I was wow. told that they reduced Ford's Theater to put in the hard rock cafe. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. guys. I mean, Jeez. I still ate dinner there. Like, I'm not a saint, but <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, those, it's funny how those tourist trap things go. Um, the White House is absolutely on my list of places to ghost hunt. Have you ever been able to to go there? No. Would they would they let you do that? No, I very much doubt it. Well, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> if President Trump learned that he could make money off of it, who knows? But <laughs> right, uh, it would still. I I feel like it's one of those places where you would just get feelings. And there's a lot of um, like Winston Churchill uh, allegedly met Abraham Lincoln while he was coming out of the bath in Lincoln's bedroom. So really, just one of those things. He was a little bit of a drunk, though. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, just very famously, <laughs> what, he was like two bottles of whiskey a day, right? I think so. I'm basing this off a movie I saw about him, so I know. <laughs> if we can't look to Hollywood for facts, where can we right. look, Mr. Brody? Exactly, exactly. Now, that would be cool. Um, let me see. What's another place I'd want to go? Ah, I've been to a lot of places. What about the Alamo? I think that would be kind of interesting. I think the Alamo would be fascinating. I'm always a little nervous about bringing up places that are so rich in military history because military people are crazy. Mm. Like, and I don't mean like people in the military. I mean like people who are like military aficionados. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we haven't covered the Alamo for exactly that reason. Do you? Oh, really? uh, so you have you've never been there? No, no. Okay. Um, oh, one place that I did go uh, when I was in Jamaica, we went to this place um, outside of Montego Bay that was an it was an old plantation. And most of the plantations were burnt down after the slaves were freed. They burnt down like ninety five percent of the plantations, which is understandable. Good move. Uh, but this one had survived, and it was like uh, the lady who owned it. They called her the White Witch, and uh, she was supposedly evil and did a lot of like, you know, 
uh, witchcraft kind of stuff that, you know, like bad, you know, and uh, when you went there, it was just, you was just dripping with negativity. Like you just wanted to like take a bath because she would hang people upside down by chains, like through their feet and you could see the area, you know? And so it was really dark. It was one of the darkest, like just grossest places I've ever, ever been. Now and, you uh, went there with your wife, Zan, right? Yeah. How does she feel about this sort of stuff? Because my Dan is very against it. Uh, against it, like he doesn't believe in it, or is he, he, doesn't he doesn't believe in it, and he doesn't want to spend time talking about it. Like he'll put up with it to an extent, uh, but for the most part, this is just my weird hobby. Well, she's very spiritual, and but she's very independent, and I, I don't think she has a lot of interest in going on ghost hunts by herself or on her own. You know, sure. uh, but she definitely has. She's come with me to the Stanley Hotel. Um, I think that it's it's more of a personal thing for her, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of like leave it at that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. Yep. Um, you know, no, no, I know. I don't mean we can't talk about. It. I just mean that like uh, she she has more of a personal spirituality, and uh, it doesn't come up a lot. Dan's a computer scientist in every part of his life, so that's right. It's right. I'm married to a robot. I love him deeply, but it's <laughs> it's just true. Um, so would you, did you, um, well, actually, cause she, here's the thing. So I'd been on a, a ton of these things. She came with me to the Stanley hotel and nothing happened. It was like the dud week, you know, or like, you know, <laughs> you just had happened. a nice weekend at a hotel. Yeah. And so I remember being like, well, I, you just, I don't know what happened. You just picked a bad week to come or like, this is just kind of lame. And she was like, well, I'm actually kind of glad that nothing happened because you know, if every time you do something, stuff's popping out of the walls and maybe you're just crazy, you know? Um, now that's a good thought. Yeah. That's a really interesting thought. If you go and do it, nothing happens. That means you're, you're being honest. Right. You know? So. Yeah. Wow. I never really considered that. Cause you always kind of, you want that amped hype experience of like, Oh my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And then to have nothing, you can kind of take that reality check. And I like that. Good. Yeah. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, when it comes to dud places, is that the only dud you've ever come across? Well, it wasn't a dud place. It was a dud week. Because okay. I had many, 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 many things happen at the Stanley Hotel. It was just that week. I don't know what was going on. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've had times where I've gone. I did I did a ghost hunt at the joke joint. Um, oh, in sorry, uh, guys. Uh, my aunt and uncle used to own comedy clubs called the joke joint. One of them was in St. Paul. Suburb of St. Paul. Suburb yeah. of St. Paul. Lilydale. Yes. And very close to the Mall of America, right? I was only there the one time you and I met, so yeah, it was, um, it's like five or ten minutes from the Mall of America, yeah, yeah, and uh, it was it's in this very cool kind of uh, it's an old dinner club I think where it had like mm-hmm. a small stage, upstairs downstairs, and it had a very like um, almost old west to feel to it. I don't think the building mm-hmm. was quite that old. Uh, it's since been torn down. It's I think it's still there. But they're going to redo the whole, it's been bought. The whole plot was sold. Okay. So there was like multiple stores. Somebody took a picture on Facebook of it the other day. It was like feeling nostalgic and it was still there. The sign was peeling off. Sure. But um, that place, I feel like there's something there and there's, you know, people have said that there's stuff like, uh, you know, to bring up your, you know, Ken and Becky, but they, uh, they, you know, Ken's a big skeptic. I'm not sure where Becky falls in that, but it's always funny when somebody's like, I don't believe in any of that shit. But then one night, uh, you know, <laughs> then he tells you this amazing ghost story like how do you not believe this um but i did a ghost hunt there with me and dave schrader he's got a new tv show and i think it's the travel channel but we did that and nothing happened it was just it was just uh, just nothing one night uh one of one of the um missed things in the bathroom goes 
that went off. It took us 10 minutes to figure out that that was just the... The smeller right. thing? To yeah, like yeah, make yeah. it not smell like urinal cakes? Oh my it God. was new. It was new technology at the time, I think. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, but but that, nothing happened that night. Uh, but I don't think that the joke giant was a dud. I just think it's just like the Stanley Hotel. It was just a quiet night. Well, speaking of uh, the comedy clubs, though, so back in the day, there was a club in Minnesota called the Minnesota Comedy Club, and there was this older comic named Dave, and he looked like a little gnome. He had a beard, and he was really short, and he, he just dressed like a gnome, and he <laughs> had narcolepsy, and he would fall asleep during shows. If he laughed, he would fall asleep. You're kidding. So they're like, oh, you did good, because Dave's asleep. And uh, <laughs> he passed away. This was like... 10 or 12 years, maybe 13 years ago. I don't know. He passed away. And then uh, we were telling stories about him at the bar because we were doing a show there. The club's closed now. but mm-hmm. uh, And we were telling the story. And then one of the waitresses, the bartender, it was the club was closing. So they had new staff. And one of the bartenders came up and she goes, she heard us talking about him. She goes, wait, was it a guy that looked like this? And I, and I go, yeah. And she goes, I saw him yesterday sitting at the bar at the booth sleeping. Shut the and fuck up. Been, yeah, and he'd been dead for a year. And yes. I don't even know if she knew that when she told that story, you know? Like, That's fantastic. I yeah. see stories like that where, like, there's just this little, like, oh, that house has been gone for 30 years. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. always freak me out. Yeah. And, it was, and, she, and it was at his booth. She didn't know his booth, but it was his booth, you know? So, That's actually yeah. very sweet, too. In, yeah. that, in that respect, I super hope there is an afterlife and I can go and, like, continue to hang out at my favorite places. Well, the sad thing is they turned that bar into a karaoke bar. So I hope he likes karaoke because he wasn't getting comedy <laughs> anymore. <laughs> he won't be sleeping anymore with that caterwauling. No, 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 exactly. So when you're looking at these things from a broader philosophy, what sort of philosophical conclusions have you been able to draw, not only from the paranormal and your experiences, but like from comedy and, you know, if you were to make a stance, what sort of stances <laughs> would you make? Wow. So what's my broad view of the universe? Yeah. Life, the universe, everything, <laughs> you know, while we're um, here. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as I got into ghost hunting, cause I wanted to know if there was life after death, you know? And so I, I figured that out. Like I, 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 you know, it's like a checklist. Like, yeah, I have seen ghosts. I've felt things. So I know what there is. And then that kind of pushed me on to like, you know, read about God and stuff and try to figure out what I believe. And so, uh, you know, it's an ongoing process and I don't think I'm ever going to be like, this is what it is. I understand. And this is, this is the answer. Cause I think we're just humans and we're very small compared to the whole thing. But, uh, I, I, I do believe in God. I, but I think as far as like what I've figured out through ghost hunting is that there seems to me to be people who stay behind whether on purpose or by some kind of miscommunication or something i don't know mm-hmm. and they're free to leave whenever they want but they uh decide to stay and i think that they can like move on and then i don't know what happens after that i don't know right I, yeah that you know. beyond that second veil it's a crapshoot yeah. <laughs> right but in my experience just personally a lot of them are people that are like uh they didn't know they were dead or they were afraid of going to hell. So they decided to stay in the waiting room, you know, sure. uh, that seemed a lot like, you know, um, does that tie but, close that, that idea of being afraid to go of going to hell? Is that more related to your time with Alcatraz or um, I've never come across no, that idea. I mean, it's, it's been kind of wherever I've gone, you know, and my experience is when I've gone to these things, one of my friends, I said, you know, he's a demonologist and he works for the Vatican. So, I, I'm not a Catholic, uh, but, you know, we hang out all the time and, and his lens is obviously through Catholicism. So 
Uh, I don't know if it was just because I was always running around with him that it took on more of a heaven and hell kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, the same way that I'm a skeptic about ghosts is I try to be you know, open-minded about everything, you know? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a one hard truth that everything sticks to. Maybe truth adapts to each person. Maybe, you know, it's just what, you know, it's a Hindu thing for one person and it's a Mormon thing for them. Maybe it adapts that. I, I don't know. I don't know how I could know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I actually think that I don't know stance. I'm I'm suspicious of people who do say they know. Right. Like, right. who are we to say we know the machinations of God? And that right. is such a deep even thing if, to end on. <laughs> right, right. Well, and even if you're like, I'm a, if you're like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Like, and they're like, well, what Christian? Because like, there's a there's million types of Christianity, you know, it just keeps going and going. Like, which so. cheese on the cheese board version of Christianity are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I can respect that. Yeah. So if you were to leave us with a story that chills you. What do you think that you would tell us about? All right. Um, one of the first uh, times I went ghost hunting was uh, it was in Mount Washington in Bretton Woods. That was my first one. And that's where I met a lot of these people. And I always told you that the, the carriage house always seems to be the most haunted. You know, it's like where the people, the, the workers lived. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but there's always been my experience. Every time there's always crazy stuff that happens in the carriage house. So I was... The cool thing about this is all these people from the TV show, people who are famous in the ghost community, we would do after hours hunts, you know, like you go on the hunt with the people that paid, but then it's like, okay, now it's just like five of us and let's go do it. So that was really fun because there was no cameras, no pressure, no like, you know, nothing. So it was chill. So anyway, there was like five of us that went and one of them was a guy who he sold EVP equipment at these conventions. And he told me, he goes, he goes, Brody, don't tell anybody this, but I don't believe in any of this shit. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that because the EVP stuff still worked or it didn't, you know, he didn't affect how the thing worked, you know, because a lot of the things are plumbing stud finders that they feel works for ghosts, you know? So it really doesn't matter if he believes it or not, if these people believe it, you know? So anyway, he was an atheist skeptic came with us. Yep. And my demonologist friend was there and a couple other people. And um, we're just sitting there in the dark. We turn off the lights as you do, you know, and uh, my demonologist friend has a very uh, monotone voice. He's hilarious and he's a really good guy and I love him, but he, he, his voice never goes up or down. He just talks like this, like this, you know? So I, I always say that he's like, he'll be like, Oh, Cindy Lauper is the greatest singer of all time. The devil just walked in. Like he has the same <laughs> flat tone. So we are sitting there and all of a sudden he just goes, Oh, an adolescent just walked in. And he said it so matter of fact that I was like, I turned on my, I turned on the lights. I was like, what, there's a kid in here. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, like a ghost adolescent. Okay. Um, <laughs> he doesn't say he's psychic. He just, it's more, you know, <laughs> he gets more like discernment kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, it came in. And basically, long story short, he started doing prayers for it. And you could feel it. His machine that I told you he could do the EDP stuff in real time. So they would ask if it needed prayers to move on. And it would go, yes, like that. And like a real, like, like a, oh, the S was so long, like a, like a snake come with, yes. And I could, you know, feel it like energy levels on my legs. And the guy was sitting next to me. And then my friend, uh, you know, he's Catholic. So he would do the Lord's Prayer. And then right at a certain point, he would go, and like it sounded like the green things from Lord of the Rings when they're let go in the third movie, if you remember that movie. I do. So anyway, that we did that for a while, then it stopped. And then there was a downtime, and I looked at the clock, and it said like uh, 
So I asked my friend, the demonologist, I go, what, what is it about like, cause it was going to be four. So I was like, I wouldn't ask this at three. Right. Like, what is it about 3 a.m. that's so evil and scary? You know, everybody talks about 3 a.m. And like, you know, he's a Catholic. So he was talking about, you know, in Christian dogma, Christ was crucified at 3 p.m. So 3 a.m. is like the inversion. It's a mockery of like, they show up then to like mock. Yes. And so I was like, oh, interesting. And then all of a sudden the guy who doesn't believe in any of this, I'm sitting on a chair. He, he looks at me and he goes, Brody, I don't want to freak you out, but <laughs> he goes, there's a hooded figure standing behind you. And, you know, this is the guy who doesn't believe in any of this. And I was like, what? And I looked over. I didn't look behind me, but I looked to the side. And in front of the window, there was like a shadowy figure. Fuck like that. Swerving Fuck. like back and forth, just kind of rocking back and forth. And then I looked to my left and there was a bed uh, bathroom where there had been a nightlight in it where like the light was going out and it was completely black. You couldn't see through it. And uh, my demonologist friend said, it's time to go. And when a demonologist says it's time to go, like you don't argue. You, just you obviously get the fuck out. <laughs> right. Right. And it was like, it was like felt like oil was dripping from the ceiling. Like it was like pushing down. It was such a dark feeling. So we're in this place. We all go down the stairs. The security guard is on the first floor and he's like, hey, guys, you have a good time. And he saw our face. He went, oh, like he was all freaked out because we arrived. He had a little minivan. And uh, so it was like maybe like 200 yards to the hotel from the carriage house up a hill. So he gave us a ride in the minivan. And uh, I looked at the clock and I go, wait a minute. Is that clock right? And he goes, yeah. And I looked at it and it said 305. Uh, so the clock upstairs. There's was the wrong, wrong time it was so those things that showed up showed up immediately we all thought it was four they showed up right at three after we had talked about that uh the clocks had just been wrong so yeah you thought you were in the clear and you were not i was not no holy shit that is awesome uh yeah, and yeah, also yeah. fucking bone chilling if somebody was like kate yeah. there's a hooded figure behind you i would have like they wouldn't have been able to finish the sentence i would have been gone right. already <laughs> Well, Mike, right, right, right. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't great. <laughs> it doesn't. No, that's not for me. No, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you for sitting with me. Um, I want to direct everybody once again to your dry bar comedy special. Um, if you check out www.drybarcomedy.com forward slash M Brody, M the letter M, B R O D Y. Check that out. Download it, guys. It's a great app. There are some really great comics on here. Gosh, this has just been such a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go because our internet is dying. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's so frustrating. Uh, but seriously, uh, have a great day. Kiss the dogs for me. And uh, I hope we see each other in the flesh again sometime soon. Bye.